Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. All right. Welcome to the show. Thanks, announcer guy, for the, the intro. As always, do a great job on that. Indeed. Uh, I'm I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. And uh, what are you having tonight? We've got a few responses uh, this past couple of weeks. we got someone who's enjoying a, an ice-cold Bud Light. Is it a Bud Light or a Bud Ice? I don't remember. I don't know. It's all pretty gross. And uh, someone named Heidi who likes to drink a Diet Coke flavored. I think it was a mango or something like that. <laughs> we don't judge. Come on. Too harshly. We judge a lot of things, but we're not going to judge the beverage of choice. I mean, this is clerical errors, so, you know. I mean, they did probably, the listener, the average listener probably did a, one of your, what, what did you do? You go, you're, <laughs> Hey, hey, Vicar, what what noise does Pastor Berg make when he's disgusted by something? Ew. All right, now let's compare that to the actual sound of him making, being disgusted with something. <sighs> yeah, there's. Bit of error there. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so please uh, join us. Let us know what you're doing. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Clerical Airs P uh, on Twitter, and please help us out with the Twitter, man. <laughs> Pastor Bullhugging is getting really sad because you're not adding him, bro. <laughs> and we also have uh, our Facebook page, Clerical Airs Podcast um, website um, at clericalairs.org, and you can email us at feedback at clericalairs.org. So uh, let us know. Got a fun show planned for you, I hope. <laughs> That's one thing I like about some of the episodes. Like, we don't know where it's going to go sometimes. No. Like, last time with the whole kale challenge thing. Y- yeah, that just, it was amazing. Uh, by, the way, by the way, listeners, you got about one more week. If you want to get a copy of that for us to send it to you. One more week, and you, you send us an email at feedback at clerical errors or kalechallenge at clericalheirs.org, wherever you email us, we will send you a link to the beautiful video of me taking the powdered kale challenge, which I, as far as I know, is, is was not a thing until I did it. It's true. You're a paradigm shifter. So, and we're not doing it to support any great cause. Um, we're just doing it to somehow promote our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Berg, you would like to dedicate this show. Yes, I would like to dedicate this show to 1840s and 1850s gold prospectors. Oh, okay. So, so, so if you find yourself in one of those categories, either the that's quite a broad spectrum, 40s and 50s uh, prospector. Well, why them? Uh, well, you had the California Gold Rush, and you know these guys were pretty grizzled, and uh, you know we could say that they were tough cookies. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of grit to pack up, you know, pull up your stakes and move out west and live in areas that were pretty desolate. And you weren't sure if you were going to make any money or not. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, uh, (laughs) you know, so if you find yourself time traveling and uh, you become a gold prospector or maybe you have a, a distant relative who is a gold prospector. This show is for you. So so let's say you're a 1840s prospector. How do you find our show? Uh, you wait a hundred years <laughs> or more, and uh, and you go from there. So, and this goes with our beverage that I brought today. I brought a beer called One Tough Cookie. All right, you know. So we're keeping with the theme here. So, one tough. It's an imperial oatmeal stout. It says. So this is from Lake Time Brewery, which is up in Clear Lake, Iowa, and so. And I even brought something for Vicar, a Bud Light. 
So, so let him make of that what he will. So it's, it's like uh, it's like a two and a half beers for two and a half pastors. Indeed. All right, so let's do this. All right, this is our ASMR portion of of the podcast. I'll let you go first. Into the microphone. Oh, yes. Mm. <laughs> okay. We don't want to attract that crowd, Mr. <laughs> Berg. <laughs> Careful. Boy, it is tasty. Mm. Here I go. Yeah, it does taste like a cookie, kind of. Yeah, it's... it's. Uh, oh, I need to try some more. Wow. It's... Oh, it's just full bodied and beautiful mm-hmm. and it's everything that a beer should be. Although for my taste it is a little syrupy kind of. It's a, it's a darker beer. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand where you might not, you know. But uh yeah. <sighs> so, this is for all the tough cookies out there, for all of those gold prospectors, you know. And um, you know, so this actually too has to do with uh um, the text we wanted to talk about today too. Right. So, uh, we, we already preached, we already talked about the text that we're preaching on Sunday because we're kind of doubling up this week <clears throat> as we prepare for vacation time. Vacation. Uh, well, what's that other thing you've got going on? Synodical business. Yeah. We've got a, um, synod convention coming up. By the way, I will be at that and I will be attempting to do my first remotes <coughs> on location. So, I will be taking the Clerical Airs podcast on the road to Tampa, Florida. Now, my attempt is to kind of have fun. I don't want it to be overly political because I'm not good at the church politics stuff. You know what I mean? Right. I uh, mean, if you've got real questions, you know, we'll do our best to answer right. them. But, yeah, we we don't care too terrible much about the political gain, game stuff. There, there, there are so. other places that do much better job than I, I would because I'm, I'm more about having fun and getting kind of general information out there and talking about theology. Because to me, when, once you start getting into the nitty gritty of that stuff, I think it stops being fun. And that's not what we want here, right? We want to right. inform and have fun. So um, so we've already preached on uh, our gospel reading where we talked about this lesson, which is the parable of the banquet. Yep. And uh, the epistle for us, now there are two different options. I chose a First John 3 option right. for the epistle. And uh, I just, one, one verse that struck out, from for me from this is this verse from verse 13 of John 1 John 3. Do not be surprised brothers that the world hates you. <laughs> Boy that's really uplifting on a day like today, right? I'm glad that the sun's shining. <laughs> but it continues though. It says, "For we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not abide who does not love abides in death." Well, so it's kind of interesting when we talk about the hate that comes towards Christian, or as Jesus says, the world will hate you because of me. Um, that's all done in a, some sort of a name of love, isn't it? I'm sorry, I blanked. Oh, um, wow. I, that I, that uh, Pastor Bullhagen moment was brought to you by <laughs> One Tough Cookie Imperial Stout, <laughs> causing you to, in a Bullhagen-like fashion, lose your train of thought and it might have been me. But. I, I think I've been panning for gold too long in the sun. So, um, so okay. So, um, so in other words, start... people have strong feelings against the church 
but they say it's out of love for others that they have an argument with the church when it comes to things like gay rights and that kind of thing. Okay, yep. Now I'm tracking with you. Right? Right. It's all done in the name of love. But what does this passage say? It says, well, the world hates you because, you know, we have something other than that. And if you if you hate your brother, you're a murderer, it says. I don't know if that applies. Anyways. Yeah, well, I think it gets down to what is true love? Real talk. Right? Mm-hmm. Is it simply accepting what uh, your loved ones are doing? Or is it warning them from sinful behavior, right? Which, which is more lovely, loving, right? Most of the time, if we're dealing with an alcoholic, we would say that that's enabling, right? If you mm-hmm. just simply accept the situation. Well, I mean, we can make a comparison to spiritual things too. If we just simply accept them for who they are, when they're living contrary to God's will, um, that's enabling them to do evil. And the world hates that. The world doesn't want the light of God's word shine. Because when you do something bad, where is it done? It isn't done in the day. It's done... Done in the night. It's done in the night. It's done when it's dark, right? Uh, so, and he's telling us here not to be surprised, right? We shouldn't be surprised when this happens, right? And, and ha- I think a lot of Christians are surprised. They're like, well, why does the world hate us so much? Well, because it's the world. It's fallen. It's a, it's what is apart from God, the, uh, the, uh, when we get to the news that bothers Berg, I'm using it kind of as an illustration of kind of the thing we're talking about here. But uh, it continues, it does describe love in this. It says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And so it's all, you know, real love, caring for the needs of the needy and that kind of thing. Right. Jesus never accepted sin. He never did, but he paid for it. That's the difference, That's right? the difference. That's the difference. Jesus rebuked sin, and he went to the cross and paid for that sin. In like manner, we don't accept sin, but we do everything in our power to help our brothers, right? Not in a propitiatory way like Jesus did. We can't actually bear the sins of somebody else. But we can warn them, and we can love them, and we can try to move them from their path, as Galatians 6.1 says. So that brings us to... Uh, the Bullhagen's Top 12. Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. You know, I do miss have not having Peter here and making him say it. That was kind of fun. Yeah, that was. he was annoyed by it, I think. <laughs> that was part of the fun. <laughs> you know, guy, I, the, the fact that I was annoyed, I was, I'm here every week. <laughs> Just because you could see me. <laughs> that made the difference, apparently. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. So, <laughs> All right. Today's top 12. Now, I was thinking, you know, I try to generally help people. You notice that? You are a I, very I'm, helpful person. I, I am. Uh, I always try. I mean, think of all the ways I've helped Vicar. <laughs> think many. Vicar, Vicar needs a lot of help. Lots. Right, Lots Vicar? Of, yes. Now, the listener yes. might think that I am the one that needs help, like, Help remembering things, help making sure my car battery doesn't die, and help getting being a water sommelier, <laughs> right? But uh, really, I'm the one that's helping him. So uh, I was thinking about a certain industry that I'm guessing is probably having a little trouble right now. Gold prospecting? Um, in fact, I think one of our avid listeners actually works at a place like this. Hmm. Interesting. And that is uh, Hallmark. 
the greeting card industry. Go on. Okay, so for example, uh, wedding cards. People are forsaking marriage. So there can't be like a greater amount of wedding cards that are being sold right now. <laughs> okay, again, I see where you're going now. Right? Okay. okay. So you're going to help out this industry. Um, yes. So I, I'm going to help out the greeting card industry by by finding new markets for them to sell their cards. So is your next top 12 going to be like Bullhagen's helps for uh, the top 12 like Hallmark movies then? Okay. That could be. <laughs> <laughs> or how about the, the top 12... Uh, um, biblical stories that would make great Hallmark movies. <laughs> I like it. All but, right. but we're getting off track. So I'm I'm excited to hear what your ideas for cards are. Yeah. So these are maybe some ways that they probably haven't thought of yet that just that are going on in the culture in our life that maybe there's a there's a niche there for them to sell more greeting cards. All right. Let's do it. Number 12. Do you know how uh, what's all the rage right now? when it comes to parties and get-togethers. The gender reveal parties, right? Okay. All right? So my number 12 is, the problem is, is they call them gender reveal parties, but according to day standards, uh, you really don't know what their gender is until they, they make that choice to decide their gender. Okay. Right? Right. So I think they should sell a line of greeting cards for plumbing reveal parties. <laughs> I like it. Nice. So, so, so you're not, you know, you're not. You don't want to, you don't want to force, you know, your your uh, hide bound and myopic view of sexuality onto these poor innocent right. children, right? Right. So, so maybe the the child decides they're a boy. Maybe they decide they're a girl. But at least you know we can have a big party and celebrate what kind of plumbing they have. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about that, Berg? Uh, you know, good work. Hey, Vicar, I... what do you think the artwork would be for that? <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Uh, galvanized versus copper. <laughs> okay. Ooh, Vicar's going deep. <laughs> Number 11. Um, this is on the same lines. So some of these are kind of interconnected. Okay. Number 11 is uh, blessings to you as you confirm... Your gender. <laughs> so it's it's a take on confirmation, right? Right. But uh, you know, every so that gives the the, the person <laughs> an opportunity because parents have neither pushed one gender on them or another and raised them in an asexual manner. That now they have the opportunity to reveal their true identity. It's very gnostic of you. There's a card market for that. Thank you, or you're welcome. <laughs> Hallmark. We expect royalties to uh, clerical heirs. So number ten. Um, not only are there cards, but there's also days, months, weeks of appreciation that Hallmark does, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, one appreciation I have is um, Youth Sports Appreciation Day. This is where you thank those whether who uh, coach your children on Sunday morning, because whether they know it or not. They are your children's spiritual leaders. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so, <laughs> so we need to thank them for that. Yes, thank you for my kids' religious, you know, education, which happens during baseball on Sunday morning. Number nine. So another another market that I think is they're kind of losing a little bit, and that is uh, Father's Day and Mother's Day. Because okay. they're just not having an, enough children, right? Right. And so... So they're probably not selling as many 
cards. Besides, you know, what's a mother nowadays and what's a father now nowadays? So mm-hmm. it's all very confusing. So I'm number uh, number nine is a way of uh, help clearing find them and finding them a new market. So the first one is for number nine, uh, cell phone and Wi-Fi day. Nice, I like it. This is where you take the time to thank T-Mobile or Verizon for raising your children. (laughs) Sad, but true. (laughs) All right. Number eight. Now, uh, a lot of people are foregoing uh, having children and rather have a dog because they're more convenient. Mm -hmm. But, But saying that, though, I notice that people have done things like Purchasing a larger SUV so they could take their dog wherever they go, or buying a different house that has a little more space for the dog to run, and so they're kind of organizing their lives for the dogs, right? Okay. Have you noticed this? Sadly, yes. Okay. So, so I think they should have a dog Mother's Day and a dog Father's Day, so that the the dog could recognize all the sacrifices that these people are making for their dogs. Now, now you'd have to. It has to be, you know, I'm not sure how the dogs are going to purchase these cards, but we'll figure it out. There's a market there. Hallmark, you're the ones that pay millions of dollars for research, and here, for free, I'm doing it. So you figure out how to do that, Hallmark. <laughs> I can't do all your work. <laughs> all right. That brings us to number seven. Number seven. So we've covered, you know, cell phone Wi-Fi day instead of Mother's and Father's Day, or dog mothers and dog Father's Day. But there's, there's a lot of people in, in who help you be who you are. And maybe maybe they're not a mother and a father's day, but they generally guide you. They accept you for who you are. Okay? And this is simply Happy Others Day for the other people in your life. So this card, like, have a slot in it where you can fill in, like, happy, you know, half frenemy day? No, and I want you to think of the genius of this is 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 you can say to someone, okay, you are my other happy others day. And what a meaningful, oh, I've been so influential on you. It's, it's bringing tears to my eyes. Right? Happy others day. Peter, what would ha- what'd you say if you got a, an others day card? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are we at? We are at number six. Did I miscount? And I know I haven't miscounted. So, <laughs> number six, crypto wedding day cards. What does he? What do you think that means, Berg? Uh, happy cohabitation card. Yes, or... and 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 one I have is also kind of like that number. The next one, number five, but not for just for people who don't really value marriage. And we're gonna live as though we're married and act as though we're married, but we're just not gonna get around to it. Womp womp. But I but I I, the, I don't. As far as I know, there's no card for that. Not yet. Is this uh, a passive-aggressive card? It could be. Well, the whole list is a little (laughs) passive-aggressive. So, congratulations on living in sin. (laughs) (laughs) Number five. This is, congratulations on your temporary mutually negotiated partnership. Nice. May be free from triggers as you convince yourself it's monogamy. <laughs> Do you think that'd fit on one card? I don't know. Or would you have to get like a big card? <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to probably well it could be like the inside of the card. <laughs> that way you don't have to sign your name. Right. So 
because you know some there's there's living together where they're planning on being together for a while. But this sometimes it's just yeah. Right. Number four. Um, this the the next few are um, sympathy cards. Um, because you know you got to remember people who are sad. Want to get them a little greeting card, don't you, Berg? All the time. So uh, the first sympathy card is is for uh, Swifties. <laughs> Swifties? You don't know what a Swifty is? What? Hey, Vicar, what's a Swifty? Um. Uh, <laughs> is your phone broken? Uh, really? <laughs> Hold, please. Uh, he was too busy looking at other things. <laughs> at face space. Face space. <laughs> what's a Swifty? Isn't that someone who is a devout follower of Taylor Swift? <laughs> Do I do I have to do everything around here? Yeah, I think so. Am I the only one I've, that's that's uh? I'm getting like World of Warcraft players and. Um... Hey Google, what do you call an obsessive Taylor Swift fan? Yeah, Swifties. Okay, you just have to spell it with an I E and not a Y. Yeah, come on, Vicar. <laughs> now that we've wasted the know. audience time, uh... this is a sympathy card to Swifties who have just been alienated by their favorite lead singer. <laughs> Because they're probably pretty uh, sad right now. And you could use, like, old song lyrics for it, too. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, teardrops on my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have ourselves a Crypto Swifty. <laughs> a uh, hidden Swifty in our midst. It's no, no matter what. No, she is my favorite prophetess, so. It's, now I know why you've been kind of down lately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just went up in my nasal <laughs> All right. All right. <coughs> Number three. This is a sympathy card. And it is uh, sorry about the birth of your child. <laughs> <laughs> you can no longer follow your dreams. Womp womp. Why, why would that be a, a, a new market for cards? Because that's how children are viewed nowadays a lot of times. Right. Usually as a burden, unfortunately. You know, even with families that uh, have a lot of children, someone will say, oh, we're expecting another child. And they'll say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite one is like when they ask like, well, you know how this happens, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, no, explain it to me. <laughs> All right, uh, Vicar, I'm on number two and I've realized that I only have 11 of these. So I want you to come up with a number one for us. All right, so you got about uh, two minutes here. I may already have one, depending on okay. your numbers. Number two. This is uh, one uh, a timely one for people who are upset. This is kind of what I, I think if you can give them a, a greeting card, they're less likely to sue you, is my idea. You give them a card, and then uh, um, and then they say, oh, okay, and they're just comforted. So this is uh, with sympathy. I'm sorry that we are one of the 50 bakeries one of the only of 50 bakeries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is the tough cookie getting Yeah. Here? Yeah, sorry <laughs> that we are the one out of the 50 bakeries in town that won't bake your cake. Nice. So maybe, you know, they could get a greeting card and they'll say, oh, okay. And then they, they we won't. We won't sue you anymore. We won't try to shut down your business for having moral conviction. So... And that brings us to the much-anticipated... 
Number two? Number. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the number one, which could resemble number two. What is it, Vicar? And number one. Well, this would be a a card. uh, It's an appreciation card for the, uh, the single most important person in your life, which is, of course, yourself. (laughs) <laughs> right oh. the inside could just be a mirror you know you know who's 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 the most important open you know i kind of like that i thought for sure you were going to say the most important in your life your pastor <laughs> ah pastor appreciation cards haven't sold for probably what 20 years you know that's a dead market <laughs> all right so uh it would be like uh you should do this you should call it like a me too movement like yeah <laughs> Or wait, no, it's taken. And then it could be, you know, some of them could be those musical cards. The open them, they play. It could be the... I am my sunshine, my only sunshine. I was thinking you're so vain, but, you know... I uh, make me happy. That works, too, you know? Possibilities are endless. Yeah, and you could give it to whenever you, you need a me day. Yeah. Yeah. By, by, you, know, you could get them in, like, those bulk packs, kind of like thank yous, you know? Just thanking yourself or whatever. You know, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Ten months in, you're starting to, to catch on. <laughs> Slow but surely. <laughs> so, Hallmark, um, if you want to, if you uh, want to take any of the ideas, you know, at your own risk. By the way, if you if royalties, I think, would then be in order, wouldn't they, Berg? I believe so. Because, obviously, since this is recorded and dated. Indeed. I mean, hey, but if our listeners have any ideas for cards, or if they want to design some of the cards from the top 12 <laughs> list. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Please send them in to our email, post them to our Twitter feed, or to the Facebook page. And, and the, the, the like. top one, we'll send a T-shirt. Yes, we will send a T-shirt. <laughs> the, the, if we find one we really like, we will we will send you a Clerical Errors podcast T-shirt. We'll find a way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> As I customarily do after my list, there it goes. All right, so that takes us to Berg's Bodacious Blasphemies, Peter Play the intro. Berg's Bodacious Blasphemies is the part of the show where Berg seeks to sell you ancient damned illusions by repackaging them for modern consumption. In short, Berg makes bad stuff sound bodacious. You know, I liked your top 12 list. It was very relevant and very with it, you know. Um, So my bodacious blasphemy is liberalism. Oh, the dangerous agenda of trying to fix existing evils by creating new ones. So, uh, and this is supposed to be a warning label, okay? Okay. So, imagine this being a warning label, okay? So, warning. The President of Senate has issued a warning regarding the dangerous disease known as liberalism. This horrid cancer of the mind has led to the spiritual death of individuals, congregations, and even senates across the globe. This disease can take various forms. One type is rationalism, where every doctrine of the Bible is measured and critiqued by the dictates of human reason. Another form of liberalism is romanticism, where individual experience and man's self-consciousness is determinative. Modernism is still another form of this terrible disease, which seeks to reconcile the church with the prevailing, prevailing culture. Symptoms include believing in the fundamental goodness of human beings, relativistic thinking when it comes to the dictates of the Bible, contemporary worship and the vapid songs that go along with it, Sermon series on your favorite superhero movies. Lots of talk about relevance. An over-reliance on psychology rather, on the, rather than on the, on the word of God. 
socialistic and utopian plans, drinking out at the graveyard of your loved one's monument because it makes you feel close to them, being a theistic evolutionist, and justifying doodling in your Bible by calling it visual faith. The only known cure for theological liberalism is the Word of God, the Bible. The recommended dose is daily or multi-daily reading of the words of spirit and life. And then it ends with 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5. For, our weapons of our, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. All right. I do believe we have the most sarcastic show we have ever made. <laughs> wow. We are in a mood today, aren't we? We really need vacation. <laughs> Boy. Boy, if we saw anyone going across our lawn right now, we would yell at them so hard. No doubt. I like how it's kind of a sum sum up of, of, of what you've been of, of things. Well, and it's funny because everything today has kind of come together and kind of has a common theme. So, you know. And the, yeah. So, all right. It's pretty righteous, man. Pretty bodacious. So what's next? Our Bible study? Yeah, our concentrationally impaired Bible study. Peter, play the intro. Do you have impaired concentration? Then this is for you. It's the Impaired Concentration Bible Study. One verse, one verse only. Oh, just a minute, just a minute, Vicar. I just want to listen to this music a little bit. Yeah, this makes me happy. All right, you can play it, Vicar. You're, you're, not, you're not feeling like Clint Eastwood anymore? Like when people are on his lawn. <laughs> All right, so we're on Obadiah, uh, verse 16. For as you have drunk on my holy mountain, so all the nations shall drink continually. They shall drink and swallow, and they shall be as though they have never been. All right, preach the word, Berg. <laughs> Well, yeah. that, that, that you know what? This falls right in line with the podcast, <laughs> Obadiah. I know we dedicated this to 1840s and 1850s uh, gold, gold perspectors, but I right. might I might change this you because you have really encapsulated our day today. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so the Edomites got drunk on God's mountain in Mount Zion. And here, the prophet is comparing drunkenness, like literal drunkenness, with the figurative drunkenness, which is talked about in other parts of the Bible, where it is a drinking of God's wrath. And so uh, it's kind of a fitting punishment. Like, just as they drank in joy over God's people, so too will they have to drink uh, the fires of God's wrath down to the very dregs. And just as they got drunk and were oblivious to everything, so too will God make them oblivious and make them as if they had never been by his wrath. And put that in a greeting card. (laughs) (laughs) Happy God's wrath day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we just wanted to have a podcast where we enjoyed talking theology and making feel everybody good. Right. You know, this isn't gloomy and dark at all. There's only so much we can do. I mean, it's not like you can make that chip chipper, okay? I don't know what I don't know what you want from us. I mean, you know. Oh well, we have fun. So we make fun of ourselves a little bit. Indeed. 
we're a little sardonic today, so you know. Now, is that an ancient heresy, sardonicism? Uh, it could be. Vicar, what does sardonic mean? Well, sardonic humor is sort of black, dark humor, um, you know, kind of with that menacing undertone. Is that what Google says? No, that's not what Google says. Then how do we know it's true? Vicar, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if I can even trust you anymore. <laughs> you know what? Wait, wait, wait. I want to hear more animal sounds. <laughs> What noise does an alligator make, Vicar? (laughs) (laughs) All right, sardonic. Before any more animal sounds are requested. Grimly mocking or cynical. All right. I think we have our episode title, Peter. (laughs) Uh, All right. So we are moving on to Confound the Clerics. Peter, or, or oh, oh, news that bothers Berg. Yes, you forgot the At, the liturgy of the show. Yes, I did. <laughs> mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. There's fake news. There's real news. Then there's real news that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear news that bothers Berg. All right. Let me the one I worked very hard to find. Hey, Vicar, how'd you send that to me? <laughs> <laughs> Should be uh, in your uh, text messages. All right. So we're not just sardonic, but we're also uh, kind of technologically impaired. So it's not just concentrationally impaired. It's also technologically impaired, too. <laughs> All right. Prophetic word. Prophetic. Prophetic. So I don't know if this will will actually bother you. I think you'll probably think it's kind of funny. But okay. this is our new story. Nearly 100 drivers followed a Google Maps detour and ended up stuck in an empty field. <laughs> That's amazing. Vicar said he thought you would like this because you'd be a Maps guy. You know, something you can hold in your hand and look at. Not it's, some... it's the truth. I mean, you know, this is why you shouldn't put your life into the hands of your iPhone. I mean... Yeah, just let it raise your children instead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know. But <laughs> so, did a hacker get in there and? Uh... Let's see. A, a road leading to the Denver International uh, Airport prompted the app to take drivers on a detour. <laughs> but this time, it was too good to re- <laughs> be true. The alternate route took drivers down a dirt road that had rain turned into a muddy mess, and the cars started sliding around. Some vehicles couldn't make it through the mud, and about a hundred others became trapped behind them. What makes that more funny is that it's on the way to an airport. Right. It's like, ah. Well, and most of these maps take you on, like, paved roads. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? Well, why'd you miss your flight? Uh... (laughs) You know what? I think we've all learned something, listener, about bird. We, we've uh, we've we've said that this is our most sarcastic, <laughs> our most sarcastic podcast. You know, do you notice how much he's laughing at that? I think we're learning something about uh, the cold place where his heart should be. That's exactly right. So what I what I liked about this article is, is it is a commentary too on our own society. It is. It's like just you know, don't follow your phone. 
you know, look at signs, like, I don't know, look at road signs. And uh, I, no, no, my point was it was kind of deeper than that. Oh, sorry. Okay. I mean, when we think of, of how people, they come up with who God is and what God says. Boy, you are gurgling up something delicious there. Bert. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that so, on my mic. These are good mics. Yep. I tried to get away. <laughs> no luck. Oh, Cut the, that out, Peter. That ASMR moment was brought to you. One tough cookie, imperial oatmeal salad. It's so, delicious. <laughs> so my point is, is this, is when people are just making up because they don't take anything as being holy or scriptural or mm-hmm. any real source of truth outside of what happens to pop in their head. And uh, when, when it comes to theology and thoughts about God, it's just driving into... Yeah, you get stuck in a muddy ditch and you miss your flight to heaven. <laughs> Boom. There you go. See, that's where all rationalism leads. <laughs> to a muddy ditch where you're stuck with a bunch of other angry people for all eternity. In Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the, the legalization of uh, had anything to do with that. <laughs> Could be. Well, and it also shows, too, and this is another thing. It's not strictly theological, but just our over-reliance on— well, it is theological in the sense that our over-reliance on technology uh, has made technology into a crutch rather than into a tool. And this is why uh, we in the Lutheran Church are still big on memorization, that we memorize things like Bible passages and the catechism and the like. So that way, uh, when these uh, things fail us, right, like technology, and that we actually uh, uh, still know them, right? Because we might not always have technology. Oh, you're smiling at something. <laughs> I thought for sure you're going to call us all tools again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking it. <laughs> all right. That brings us to Confound the Clerics. Confound the Clerics. Do we have a question today? Yeah, we have one here from Anonymous. Uh, I was recently asked a theological question by a non-Lutheran, and I want to know how you would answer. Question is, if transubstantiation is the bread and wine becoming also Christ's body and blood, did the bread and wine also become his body and blood at the Last Supper, even though Jesus had not died and rose yet? Thanks for your time and your entertaining show. Okay, you want me to? Yeah. Okay. This is this is right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> so, so the first thing to to remember is is uh, when we call Jesus, um, when we say that uh, the bread and the wine is Jesus' body and blood, uh, we do not necessarily subscribe to the uh, Aristotelian philosophical idea of transubstantiation. The idea that of transubstantiation is that the essence of the bread and wine is gone and that it is replaced with Jesus' body and blood. And so what you are eating is no longer bread and wine, according to the Roman Catholic doctrine, uh, which was which came up by, which was thought up by Thomas Aquinas in uh, the 13th century. Well, a little earlier even. So, But it was for sure adop- adopted at the Fourth Lateran Council. And so, um, so what you eat is only Jesus' body and blood. It may look like bread and wine, but it is no longer bread and wine. Uh, Lutherans believe what Jesus says and what St. Paul says. Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood, and that's true. 
And St. Paul also says that this is bread and wine which we eat and right. drink. And so we don't try to explain the mystery. And I think that is that is the pitfall of transubstantiation. It tries to use human reason to explain uh, something which we should just simply believe. It's, so. it's no different than we, when we talked about the Trinity. When people look at that and say, well, that's confusing, let's try and whenever you try to explain it in human terms, you wind up derailing. Right. So, okay, so uh, that was just my first point. Um, I know it was a little long, but I think, you know, uh, we have to clear up those misunderstandings first, okay? And the thing is, is was it at the Last Supper Jesus' body and blood? Yes, because he says so. The thing is, is I would ask you uh, this question too. Did the Old Testament saints go to heaven before Jesus died on the cross? And the answer is, yes, they did go to heaven. Well, why? Jesus hadn't died yet. Well, the basis of the promise, uh, that is what brought them to heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Because God promised to send his son to crush the serpent's head on the cross. And that promise is as true and as certain as if the very act had been accomplished, which is why Revelation then says that Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the world. Now, was Jesus actually crucified before the foundations of the world? No, no. he was crucified in time. But his, uh, his death, which happened in 33 AD, has an eternal significance. And it was just as applicable to the Old Testament saints as it is to us here, as it will be a billion years from now, if God so deigns that the world will last that long. And I think when we, you run into questions like this, um, I think it really does come down to what you talked about earlier, is trying to explain, well, if that's so, well, what about this and what about this, when, well, this is what Jesus said. Right. If Jesus calls it his body and blood, then it's his body and blood. And if he says, do this often in remembrance of me, he is saying that when you continue this supper as he instituted it, you are also participating in the body and blood of Christ who gave it. Right. And so that's uh, that's how I would explain it. Um, if we missed your point, uh, if we didn't understand your question right, uh, please send us uh, another email uh, clarifying where we can make it better. So. And, and by the way, soon I expect our inbox to be flooded with questions. Oh, yeah. It's going to be rad. Because... Because of the kale challenge, indeed, people are going to want to see that. So, so Peter, can you give it a, a give the audience kind of a brief, brief uh, description of what you saw on your phone when you took it home and looked at this challenge? So, um, if you've ever seen Shrek, mm -hmm. uh, it's you know the beginning intro. He like brushes his teeth with mud. Yeah, it's like that, but green. Oh. <laughs> And like green pixie dust just poofing out of. Indeed. Yeah. It was a glorious sight. It is so amazing. So. Uh, and you only get to see it if you send any your emails, right? So, Vicar, where could they send these emails at? Uh, yeah, send them into kalechallenge at clericalheirs.org. All right. And if you have any ideas for uh, greeting cards, please. Send them in, too. Send them in, too. Well, that brings us to our sticky notes. Uh, for our sticky notes today, um, uh, Berg and I will be suppressing our laughter. And uh, I would like to hear some animals laughing for our sticky notes today. Vicker, <laughs> vicker, vicker. So we'll start with an easy one. Uh, hey, 
Hyena. Do you remember this? So, uh, Berg, you would like to dedicate this show. Yes, I would like to dedicate this show to 1840s and 1850s gold prospectors. You know, these guys were pretty grizzled, and, uh, you know, we could say that they were tough cookies, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of grit to pack up, you know, pull up your stakes and move out west and live in areas that were pretty desolate and you weren't sure if you were going to make any money or not. So so let's say you're a 1840s prospector. How do you find our show? Uh, you wait 100 <laughs> years or more and uh, and you go from there. So... I'm never going to get a call. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, Titsy Fly. What is that even? That's a that's a fly that, that bites you, you get some sort of a disease in Africa. Yeah. Okay, but you're asking him to make a noise of a fly? Yep. So he he Titsy Fly. Do you remember this? But there's there's a lot of people in in who help you be who you are. And maybe they're not a mother and a father's day, but they're generally guide you. They accept you for who you are. Okay. And this is simply happy others day. Peter, what would ha- what'd you say if you got a, an others day card? Who are you? Hey, so, so how about you got one? We got one, Berg, there? Well, you you went with fly. Let's go with elephant. Okay. Hey, uh, well, let's go. How about this? Elephant's too easy. Okay. Because he knows what an elephant <laughs> Elephant's sounds like. Elephant's too easy. But, but, it, <laughs> but does he know what a woolly mammoth sounds like? Yes. <laughs> See? Hey, woolly mammoth. Do you remember this? Oh. Oh, news that bothers Berg. Let me, the one I worked very hard to find. Hey, Vicar, how'd you send that to me? <laughs> <laughs> Should be uh, in your uh, text messages. All right. So we're not just sardonic, but we're also uh, uh, kind of technologically impaired. So it's not just concentrationally impaired. It's also technologically impaired, too. <laughs> All right. Prophetic, Berg. Prophetic. Prophetic. So I don't know if this will will actually bother you. I think you'll probably think it's kind of funny. But okay. this is our new story. Nearly 100 drivers followed a Google Maps detour and ended up stuck in an empty field. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) What a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) We, We need to stop this show. Well, thank you guys for listening to Clerical Errors. I'm Berg. I'm Bullhagen. And thank you for listening to the Animal Sounds. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. 
Thanks for listening to Claire Glares. See you next time. Goodness. Let's never do that part again. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but it's not going to edit well. <laughs> <laughs>